I am Not Great Parent Molly. This is Not Great Parent Nathan. Yes. And we have another Not Great Parent Jason Collins with us today. Thanks, thanks for informing me. Yes. Happy Halloween, guys. Yes. Happy, Halloween. Happy Halloween. I know. It's a busy week at my house with little kids. True. Tell me, uh, when you guys were little, what was your favorite costume? Oh, wow. Favorite costume? That's a, that is interesting. I don't know. Um, I'm going I'm I'm to I'm I'm give you one that's going to date me. Okay. okay. I dressed up as Pac-Man. Oh, oh, I like it. That's good. I did. I like that's it. That's a good one. It was the hot thing in the 80s, and I had my mom made it. It was a big... Like out of uh, poster board, mm. and I and I even made a little ghost inside of his mouth, oh, and wow. I had I was, eyes, and I walked around. I had around a poster board costume that was a Hershey kiss, and it was the Aww. same thing. It was like that, That's and then so I had a sweet. belt, and it was really ugly. So I'll but tell it was you, cute. The picture's cute. Mm-hmm. But. I'll tell you, my favorite was probably not my favorite as a kid. The Power Rangers were a big thing when I was a kid, and I, I had a friend whose mom had bought him. Like, you know, the officially the licensed official one, and it looked great, and it looked just like the thing. And so I told that to my mom, and my mom was like, I'll make you that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's always And fun. so looking back on it, this is what I mean, but looking back on it, it is pretty impressive what she did. I like, know. it looks pretty good. Well, your mom, mom is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, I was going to say all the, like, on something. yeah, well, and the sewing, you know, like yeah. all that. She used She's to be. she got the skills to do it. Yeah, so she had sewed this whole thing. There was a vest. There was a helmet. There oh, was wow. a whole thing. I remember getting there being like, this is crap. <laughs> Why do I have to do this? This is horrible. I wanted the store bought one. Yes. Well, but. That, I mean, I always make my kids' costumes, usually, sure. some element of it. Mm. And uh, last year, I made, Jasper wanted to be corn. I remember this. He said, I Who? said, what do you want to be for Halloween? He said, corn. There was like, this song The vegetable out. corn? Yeah, not, not the new metal oh, okay. group. No. See, when I was growing up, that was a, a metal yeah, group. Yes. Yeah, not I'm that like, corn. Yes. He wanted to be egg, like corn cob. Oh, nice. So I made this costume last year. Because of the TikTok. Because of, there was a TikTok oh, song. That the, said, the corn song. Because when I said, what are you talking about? He said, you know, Mom, it's corn. Like a big lump of knobs. It has some juice. And I went, oh, my gosh. Okay. So anyway, he was corn. It was really cute. On ha- He wore it to the fall festival mm-hmm. here. And then on Halloween... He didn't want to be it anymore. Aww. So he was like a waiter or something. There you go. With, a, with some store-bought costume that we had in our costume and stuff. So it, it was fine. But yeah. the corn, I got the photos. The but, corn, you know, sometimes and- those last-minute gr- grabbing crap around the house and putting it on right. costumes are some of the best. They are. My, Absolutely. One of my kids one year went as uh, Charlie Brown with... The ghost with oh, all yeah. the holes in yeah, it, just you know. Need to have- yeah, we literally got a sheet, cut a bunch of holes in it, and they went as That's cute. Yeah. Charlie Brown ghost. Well, I've got to uh, work on some Mario Kart costumes. Oh, great! Well, there you go. <laughs> so that's a good segue, though, Molly. Yeah. Uh, that Jason just set us up for of why we call ourselves not great parents. Yeah, why is that? It is true that we're not great parents. We call ourselves not great parents because we don't want to be. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. We we want to be parents who are raising our children and living our lives in the goodness of God and what mm-hmm. He has defined for us and for our families and not what the world has defined mm-hmm. as greatness and um, the world's great bucket list the, for the us. Store, we're not looking for store-bought Power we're Rangers. We're not looking for the best <laughs> store-bought costume. We're looking for... A sheet with holes in it. A sheet with holes in it. No, but we are really striving to you know, direct our family and make decisions that lead us to live and walk in the life that God has intended for us and... You know, sometimes those things cross over. We know sometimes things that the world says is great. We also have, you know, That's right. in our lives. But we are constantly focused on what would Jesus want for our family. And right. So 
we aren't great and we don't want to be. That's right. And in this series that we've been in, uh, Parenting Makes Me Crazy. Yeah, we're also crazy. <laughs> yes. Well, Not great and crazy. Often it's the pursuit of greatness. It's this, I've got to have everything or I've got to have everything together. I've got to have my whole life together. Perfect kids, everybody's successful. We did all the things. That's we've right. got all the money, all mm -hmm. those things. And that can be completely overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we've been talking a lot about this idea of, and I think this happens when you're pursuing greatness, You, it's the social media reel. Mm -hmm. You want to highlight all the good things, mm -hmm. and you just don't talk about the stuff that's right. not so great. Mm -hmm. But, and in particular, what we've said in this series, I think in our previous episode about mental health, uh, most of us, when we talk about mental health, uh, we're not even talking about the things that make us healthy. Most of the time, when we say mental health, we're talking about things we think make us unhealthy. Right. I say when I say, "Hey, I want to talk about mental health." I want to talk about the anxiety or the stress or the depression. And what often happens when I'm pursuing greatness is there's this part of me that goes, "Don't even talk about that. Mm -hmm. Just push that, push that aside. Don't deal with it." Mm -hmm. But then, as uh, often happens, and this is why we have Jason on our episode, eventually, you not talking about it creates different and bigger problems that at some point you're going to have to deal with. And uh, many of us have, all, all three of us at different times, have had to end up in a counselor's office yeah. or with a pastor. Mm -hmm. And you sit and you talk about, uh, my great life has gotten unmanageable mm -hmm. yep. and what can I do? And so Jason, for people, I think most people who've listened, because we've had Jason yeah. on in this series, and we know you guys never miss an episode. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you've never missed one. <laughs> never. So, so of yeah. course you seem to. the other ones that Jason was on. Good no, point. No. We are great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, Jason's on our staff. He's a teaching pastor here, but he's also going back to school very close to being done. Oh, right at the end. Very so soon. Done. Yes. And then yes. what What will you then at that point be a licensed counselor? Is that the term that you use? Well, getting a license to be a counselor in the state of Georgia takes two years after uh -huh. you graduate. So, oh, okay. So, so I will not be fully licensed, probably gotcha. for another two years, but I will be operating as an as an associate professional uh, so counselor. You will wow. be so you know, there's like professional. I will be professional. I'll have P in my in my. That's right. That's I'll right. I have a professional. That's right. In there. It'll but, be the fourth P in the pod on our right. other podcast. Yeah. That's right. I'm in an internship now to uh, to earn my degree, so I'm I'm counseling more than anything else that I've been doing. So, so I, I wanted to ask you: often when people come in, um, are you mostly dealing with adults, or do you also deal with children and teenagers? I am primarily seeing adults right now. Okay, so when people are coming in and they're at a point of um, whatever, whatever has brought them in. Some mm -hmm. stress point, some crisis, crisis something. has yep. happened. Is it often the case in, in your experience that a part of the problem that they're dealing with is a lack of language around the issue that they're dealing with? Mm -hmm. That's part of it. Um, but I think the lack of language just stems from not really um, spending a whole lot of time just understanding what I feel and why I feel this way. Mm -hmm. um, it, most of the time we spend a lot of time just getting comfortable with emotional language mm -hmm. uh, but it's more than that it's, it's not that I don't even have the words it's that I don't even really understand 
what it is that I'm going through. I just know mm. I don't like it. Right. <laughs> That's usually it, the thing. It, it's created what we've talked a lot in here, a yeah. friction within you. It's yeah. created yeah. a unsettling mm-hmm. anxiety or something. That and, and I will say this, typically what brings people into the counseling room is not the thing that we wind up dealing with. Mm. Right? It's mm-hmm. the, it's the, it's, there's an event. Like, you'll have somebody say, I had this moment, this happened, this was bad. It caused all kinds of friction in my family or in my life or at my job or in my marriage. And I know I need some help. Well, typically that is a symptom mm-hmm. of a greater emotional problem sure. that, that led us there. So it takes a lot of time to get through that initial event to get down to the, what was it that led us there? Mm-hmm. That's usually the work that, that gets mm-hmm. going on. What do you think is the reason that I was talking with a, a group of pastors about something different recently, mm-hmm. but I told them, I said, part of the reason we cannot um, deal with this problem is we don't have language around it because yes. we don't talk about it. Yep. And this particular issue was the issue of uh, racism and racial justice. Right. I said, we just don't mm-hmm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what to, we don't, we're not even sharing the same language. Even when I say racial justice, Everyone has a different connotation in their mind of what that means, and some see it negative, some see it positive. What do you think it is in our emotional, mental health, Mm -hmm. especially around what many of us would call, because I'm assuming most people are not coming into your office going, I'm just so happy, and I can't figure out why everything is going so well. (laughs) We were talking about this on the last episode. Yeah. We don't do that. We don't say, hey, Nathan, check out my mental health. It's awesome. Mm. Right, yeah. Like, you're... I've been working so hard on my mental health. Right. <laughs> Why is it that these, what uh, some, of, some of us would say, oh, these are negative emotions, but we mm-hmm. try to say all the time there aren't negative emotions. There are some that are a little more complicated, though, mm-hmm. and yeah. feel negative in the way that we experience them. Negative in the sense that I don't want to feel this way. Mm-hmm. Right. So what is it that often... You know, part of the reason we don't have the language around it is because we're not talking about it. What mm. makes us not want to talk about sadness or mm. fear or anger, jealousy, these, you know, these deeper kind of emotions? Well, there, like you said, there's there's the first part of, I know it's something I don't want, and, know, and then there comes some shame in that, mm. right? So shame plays a lot of, um, a lot of that. I, I would say the biggest thing is that it requires, in, in order to talk about emotions, it requires you to experience vulnerability. And there's this thing in all of us, I say this all the time to clients, I said, when you see someone else being vulnerable, you admire that person. Mm-hmm. Mm, but good. when you get vulnerable, you feel like you wanna die. Mm. And you wanna crawl into a hole and it feels, it, it feels exposing and almost like, you know, the feeling you get when I, I'm, you know, it's almost like ripping off your clothes in front of a bunch of people. It's like, oh, I shouldn't do that. That's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, That is dangerous. That is dangerous. You should not do that. But I'm using that as an example (laughs) of how it feels. But that vulnerability, that feeling. Yeah, and so in order for me to actually talk about negative emotions, I have to experience that little bit of that feeling Mm -hmm. of I'm I'm exposed here, which... which requires me to actually do it in a space where I feel a measure of safety. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what always is the first phase of any good counseling practice is 
establishing safety, especially when you're dealing with someone who's been through trauma. Mm -hmm. um, the very first stage is establishing safety, and sometimes that takes a long, long time because until I feel safe, I will not expose myself. Mm -hmm. and I won't be vulnerable with mm -hmm. you because if you're not safe, then it's, it's a dangerous thing to do. So mm -hmm. establishing safety is very important. Then once you get the safety and you feel comfortable and you get agreement from everybody, this is what we're going to do, then we can get down into the really deep stuff, the hard mm -hmm. stuff, the negative stuff, the embarrassing stuff, mm -hmm. and do it in a way where I, I bring it out on the table, I look at it, and I analyze it and, and all the things that I need to do to realize, okay, this is I can deal with this. I know how to handle this. Mm -hmm. and, and I know who I can express this to mm -hmm. and feel safe and get acceptance and deal with all the shame. And then you can come out and have a better way of actually living and experiencing that emotion. It's not avoiding it. Mm -hmm. And that's the key. Um, most people, when they come in, they say, I feel anxious. I don't want to feel anxious. Mm -hmm. And part of what I need help them work through is, no, you're going to feel anxious. Right. There's no way. I mean, it, we talk about fear because it's Halloween. You're not going to get through your life without experiencing a measure of fear. Mm -hmm. No, right? we talked about how some of that is healthy. Yes, that, that God put that in you, and that's part of your brain, the amygdala. It, it alerts you to fear to keep you safe. Right. So what you have to understand is, yes, fear is an emotion I don't want to feel, but it is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. And if I understand it, I can, and I always, my image with uh, clients is emotions are, are like waves in the ocean. Right. If you go and stand in the ocean, you can try as much as you want to stop that wave from hitting you. You will not succeed. Right. Um, you can fight against that wave, and it will probably knock you down. Mm -hmm. But, and you know this experience if you spend any time in the ocean, if, if, I, if I anticipate the wave, I catch it, and I ride it, right. it will lead me to the shore where there is calm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I often talk about what, how do you ride your emotions? Because mm -hmm. you're going to feel fear. You're going to feel... Uh, anger, you're going to feel sadness, all those things, they're natural. But if you learn how to cope within them, mm -hmm. you can't. They're all temporary. Every emotion is temporary, mm -hmm. right? Now, some last longer than others, and some need sure. to be dealt with in different ways. That's, that's, that's not beside the point. But they all will subside if you learn how to cope. Feeling, I'm feeling anxiety. Let's yep. say. So what do I do? <laughs> I mean, stop it. Stop it. Yeah. No, because we talked about yeah. we we talked about it in a previous episode. You know, spending time by your, by yourself and with God and talking through that. But you know, so if I'm well, I've been for a long period where I'm feeling anxious about something or it feels overwhelming, mm -hmm. consuming me, whatever mm -hmm. it might be. I, my first step is probably not going to be to call a counselor, to be honest with you, because I'm mm. probably going to try to handle it myself. So what mm -hmm. what do you tell people as sort of things they need to know about themselves or mm -hmm. ways that they need to kind yeah. of start? Um, well, getting the language is real important, mm -hmm. like Nathan was saying. And um, one of the tools that I use is uh, called an emotions wheel. In fact, um, I can I can give you a link to that. Sure. In fact, if you want to, you know, put it onto the podcast, that's fine. Uh, I have a really good one that I like to use. And um, um, I, in fact, I encourage clients to do emotional check-ins okay. some daily, sometimes twice a day. Um, I, I, 
we do it individually first, but then of course, if you've got people in your life you can do it with, I encourage that too. But you start with the emotions wheel, and, and as you'll see on the wheel, um, you always start in the middle, and in the middle uh, lists out the major emotions that almost all of us have language for. Mm -hmm. I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm, uh, I'm happy, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, I'm afraid. And so um, that's where you always start because almost everybody can identify those words. But mm -hmm. once you go out, to, there's a second level, and it's connected to each. So if you look at sad, you'll see there's it's blown out into several other emotions that, that more better describe what sadness feels like. And so you start there and you move out and say, now which one of these words actually uh, captures what I'm feeling right now? And once mm -hmm. you find one or two of those, the next step and most important step is go all the way out to the outer ring. And then that it goes into even more detail. And once you get out there, it starts to actually get to the source mm -hmm. of the emotion of mm -hmm. what caused me to feel this way or what happened to me that made me feel this way. Um, so I may not be uh, just... Uh, angry, I may be feeling disrespected. Mm -hmm. And that means there was someone else or there was some situation that mm -hmm. took something away that I felt like I earned or I deserved, mm -hmm. meaning my, the respect that I earned. Okay, what is that about? And now I can talk about mm -hmm. the event or the, um, the, the motivator or the catalyst that led me into that anger. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Oh, totally. And so I, I always say every day, just sit down and just go, what am I, what's the primary emotion that I'm feeling right now? Mm -hmm. Find it in the middle and then go out as far as you can. And then once you get out there, sit with that mm -hmm. and ask questions of yourself. Um, not in an accusatory way of you're, you're bad for feeling anger. No, what happened? What, what, what did someone say? What happened to me today? What did someone do that led me to that? And where did that come from? Mm -hmm. And that just is the starting point. That just mm -hmm. at least starts to give you language mm -hmm. to actually talk about not just what I'm feeling, but where it came from and what it's doing to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's a super helpful tool. I mean, I had never really seen it, and then mm -hmm. I started working here a year ago, and on my very first day, John happened to give it to me because he mm -hmm. knows me well and knows that I have a hard time identifying feelings, and he mm -hmm. said, I just saw this and thought you would like it. And so mm -hmm. I had it, at, I took it home and, mm -hmm. and used it, and then... Um, you know, we've talked about it in some other things yeah. that we've yeah, we done, did a and we did seminar. a parenting seminar that yep. included it, and I have it hung up next to my desk, and I, mm -hmm. I try to do that, because mm -hmm. I am quick to just say those middle emotions, mm -hmm. and, you know, especially some of the negative ones, you know, I, if I say that, that I'm mad or angry mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. I often don't know that that's actually what I'm fully feeling it's yeah. just that's the only word I can come up with yeah. there's a an angst in me mm -hmm. and so it does help to get to that outer band and kind of look at mm -hmm. what is it that's really yeah, yeah and, what is and it that's really got me and the good news is once you start to do that emotional work you're better set up to start to uh, anticipate those kinds of situations mm -hmm. you know yeah. if and if you start to see something if you do a daily or every uh, twice a day check-in and you start to see the same thing showing up over and over mm -hmm. and over again then you, you start to get to know yourself a little bit better, mm -hmm. how I'm showing up in my world and what the, the environment that I'm in, the people that I'm around, mm -hmm. what are they e evoking within me? Mm -hmm. um, and you, you will be better equipped to say, well, okay, there may be some things I need to change about 
how I'm showing up, but also maybe the places and the situations I'm showing up in yeah. that might need to change, or at least the way I'm, 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 I'm approaching them. Mm-hmm. If every time I go out to the grocery store, I walk away annoyed at the people who did not cooperate with me, right? <laughs> Well, that says something. Right. <laughs> also, it, it might say something about the environment you're in. It probably has more to say to do with you. <laughs> yes. Right. Right? And so now I can go, well, what is that about me mm-hmm. that always leads me to that emotion every time I'm in, in, in that situation? Or with a person or in mm-hmm. my marriage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it, it gives you more information to go on. It just, and it does give you more vocabulary, too. And yeah. I think, you know, for me as a parent, mm-hmm. I try to use the other words when mm-hmm. I'm talking about how I'm feeling around mm-hmm. my house or when I'm talking yeah. about Because I also notice the inner circle is what my children say. I'm mm-hmm. mad, yeah. I'm happy. And that's sometimes and so, as far as they can go. And that might be as far as they can go. Yeah. But sometimes I think it's because if I'm only ever using those that's words, right. that's that's what they're hearing, and so I'm trying to. Well, and as they grow up, the words in yeah. which I'm using and being more more specific mm-hmm. in what it is I'm feeling. I mean, I don't come home every day and say, "Time to do a check in <laughs> with mom and how she's feeling," but I'm mm-hmm. saying, you know, in certain scenarios, or we've talked about times where we've gotten really angry or erupted, mm-hmm. and it isn't necessarily about our children. To be able to go back in and say, "I was angry, and here's right. why," and it's you know that that tool is very helpful. Yeah, there's that old um, illustration of. A guy who comes, you watch a guy go through his work day and all the things that frustrate him uh, all throughout the day. He gets bad news. He gets, you know, deadlines piled on him. And he, he walks home to his family. And as he's coming up through the yard, the dog comes out to greet him. He kicks the dog. Mm-hmm. Well, the anger we see is him kicking, kicking the dog. dog. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the dog. It has nothing to do with where it had everything to do with all this stuff mm-hmm. that led up to it. Mm-hmm. It's an illustration of how when... And you'll see this all the time if you watch it for it. You show up at your home in a certain way. Sure. As a dad, I show up, mm-hmm. and when I walk in the door, I have a certain feel about me. And it has everything to do with how I'm feeling in that moment. Right. But that emotion had nothing to do with my kids, had nothing to do with my wife, right. had everything to do with the people and the situations I was encountering all day long. And if I'm aware of all of that, mm-hmm. well, I'm better equipped to show up when I walk in the door. And I, I learned this. Several years ago, I'm not great at it, but okay. I'm learning. <laughs> I am learning now that the first 10 seconds, mm-hmm. sometimes first minute or so, that I walk through that door sets a tone. Right. When, I, when there are other people in my home. When I come home to my wife and my daughter, who's at home now, my other daughter's out of the house, but um, I've learned that just the tone of my voice, the, the things that I speak, when I first walk through that door, it sets an, an emotional tone for my house. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So I need to do some emotional check-in before I go in. Mm-hmm. Right? I need to think about how am I feeling right now, and am I going to walk in, and I'm gonna sh- am I going to share anger mm-hmm. with them? Are they, are they going to see the frustration in my voice or the um, if I'm just worn down and I'm weary? Because yeah. that's a lot of times when I walk I, in. I had it kind of in the re- reverse, mm-hmm. meaning... Um, we, I made some adjustments in our morning routine because I was always feeling something Mm -hmm. right before we were leaving. Mm -hmm. So I was feeling like we're running late. It was stressful. I felt like we were never prepared. I would be yelling. Mm. My kids would be slower than you could possibly Mm -hmm. be. And, Mm -hmm. and then what was happening was we were having a horrible ride to school. Mm -hmm. And then I was basically opening the door and saying, have a nice day. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Not meaning a thing of that. And mm-hmm. then I realized that there were days that my child carried that all 
day. Mm -hmm. And he came mm -hmm. home yep. and he'd say ah, something. I'd say, are mm -hmm. you still thinking about this morning? And he'd mm -hmm. say, yes. Mm -hmm. And in some of that was adjusted by me understanding what was happening and yeah. understanding mm -hmm. my emotional state in that moment. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, making some adjustments to that and just mm -hmm. being aware yep. that that has a huge effect. It mm -hmm. does. It Not does. just on me, but on them. That's right. Well, and I think when we talk to our kids about these things, it's incredibly important. You know, we started talking in the last episode, at least here, about this idea of being my goal is really to be responsible mm -hmm. and really able mm -hmm. to respond to to what is going on within me, whether that's physical, spiritual, emotional. I don't think I shared this on the episode, but that language started working its way in my family because we were talking about one of my daughters got the flu shot. Mm -hmm. She kept calling it the vaccine. And she kept going, I got the vaccine. And uh, my other daughters go, I thought we already got the vaccine. They were talking about the COVID vaccine. Did they and, say it that angry, angrily too? Well, because they realized they're about to have to get a flu shot. Uh -huh. mm. And they're like, we hate shots. I don't want to ever get a shot. And I said, you, you already do. And they said, so this now means she won't get sick. I said, no, that's not what it means. Mm -hmm. And she goes, well, if I get sick, it won't be as bad. I said, well, maybe. And they said, that means I won't die from it. I said, no. You can take the COVID vaccine, the flu shot, still get the flu, still get COVID, still die from it. Mm -hmm. I said, the goal is there is no way to make sure in this life mm -hmm. that I will be 100% healthy in the terms of I'll never get sick and I'll never die. Mm -hmm. What my job is, is to be responsible. Mm -hmm. That I, so I was thinking about this when Jason said the thing about anticipating. There is no way in this life to make sure I'm never going to be sad. That's right. We're never going to be anxious. My job is just to be emotionally responsible. Right. Yep. I want to think through and go, okay, so like with the flu, when it's flu season, I'm going to wash my hands a little bit more. And if I find out someone has the flu, I might not go sit right next to them and do that because like Jason was saying about the other thing, if I know I'm always going into this environment and it's always upsetting mm -hmm. me, right? But I also have to be aware there are going to be times I'm going to catch the flu and I did everything right. Mm -hmm. And I did all the right things, mm -hmm. and it's just going to happen. And my job is to go, do I know what to do when that happens? Mm -hmm. Do I know how to notice that it's happening, mm -hmm. right? And so I say that to my girls, and I, I did say this, you know, you may be sad because just because of their past, they have certain days right. of the year that right. they don't always realize it until later. Oh, this day made me really sad. Right, this day was just really difficult. And I said to one from one day, you may be sad on this day of the year for the rest of your life. But as long as you know it going yep. into it and you go, this day's going to be hard for me, mm -hmm. right? And anyone who's ever lost anyone knows that on, on maybe mm -hmm. birthdays or Mother's Day or whatever the day is. That's going to be a tough day for me. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean anything bad about me. Or you may find one day that day isn't tough for me, and now I feel guilty. Why isn't that tough for me? <laughs> Whatever I feel, yeah. you know what I mean? What you're describing is just a process of learning how to accept. Right. Every emotion that comes to my to me or that I even, you know, allow into my life. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of it. And you talk about anticipating. It is, you know, like when we say there are no negative emotions, what we mean is they're they're all common. They're all just right. they are they are normal. And so to look at that thing and say that is it's it's bad and I should mm -hmm. run from it. No, it it's a part of your life. It is something to be managed. Mm -hmm. It is something to be aware of. Just like like you said, a sickness that exists in our world. 
There's, you know, there are things I can do to avoid it, and, right. and but I'm one day I'm gonna catch it probably. Mm -hmm. And so, what do I do then? Right. And if mm -hmm. I have a game plan, a lot of times what I find uh, people are they just don't live with any kind of awareness uh, of un and, and a sense of acceptance. So as soon as the anxiety or as soon as the uh, sadness or fear hits them, um, it's just like, where did this come from? I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. um, but if you start out going, you know, this is, this is normal, this is going to come, uh, and this is the important part, there are things that I have in my life that actually help me cope with them. Mm -hmm. Right. It doesn't but, mean you're getting saddled with that. No, forever. and it doesn't mean you're weak to have to go to those things. Because yep. mm -hmm. that's what I, you know, I shouldn't have to do all those things to, to find joy again. Well, that's how you found it in the first place. That's right. So what are the people? What are the, uh, the, the things in your life that you give to your body and your soul and your mind that actually promote joy? Mm -hmm. um, lean back on those things. So I, I, I spend a lot of time in, in sessions going, okay, Talk about the last time you felt the way you want to feel. Mm -hmm. What were you doing? Who were you with? Mm -hmm. what, what was around you? And we go through those kinds of lists. I said, well, why don't you go back to those things? Right. And it's almost like, oh, I shouldn't mm -hmm. have to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, you're a human being. Mm -hmm. Give yourself some grace and give yourself some mm -hmm. slack and know that those are things that they're blessings from our Heavenly Father that He put in your life that, right. that work for you, you know, whether it be, you know, a certain type of music that really puts me in a, you know, a better place uh, mentally or just um, the, the the scriptures that I lean into or the the, the people in my life mm -hmm. that that help bring me joy. Petting your dog. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's been proven as one of the things that mm -hmm. brings dopamine into your, uh, into your system like or something that you love to do or something like that. It's not a weakness to mm -hmm. go to it. Right. You know? So lean into it and don't blame yourself when the emotion comes. Mm -hmm. So part of Helpful. acceptance. So whether we're doing that for ourselves or trying to train our kids, because the truth is there's really no way to make it happen for my kid. But as mm -hmm. we've been talking about, if we can make this a regular conversation mm -hmm. yeah. um, and we start to give them language around it, our hope is that one day uh, they're able to really adopt that language. And, you know, my kids, I remember, I remember, I don't think, I've, which I think I shared it on a podcast or maybe in a sermon. There was a day like, this was now like six, nine months ago, that one of my girls, they had gotten in this, I could tell something had happened. They weren't like fighting, but there was tense between them. And one of them, my oldest daughter came to the younger two and just said, just said, I need to talk to you. And I thought she was talking to me. And I said, and she said, no, I need to talk That's to you. Good. And I said, I said, okay, what are y'all talking about? And she just said, when you two, she goes, the reason I got upset was because when you two upstairs um, told me that you wanted the, uh, one of my younger daughters had, they were painting or doing something. <laughs> you wanted her painting. That made me feel like you didn't like my painting, which made me feel like you didn't like me, which made me feel bad about myself. And she just said, and and I said, so Are you what? Proud of her in that moment. Well, yeah, and I thought, should so, be. Yeah, that's I thought, huge. So, so what are you? Gonna I'm telling you, they're most adults can't do that. Yeah. Right, and that's why I told him. I said, this is honestly pretty impressive. And the other two girls go, of course. Oh well, that's not what we meant at all. We thought it was a contest, and we were just picking, you know. And this little moment of reconciliation, and that's what I said. I said there. I said I sit with adults at time who can't say that to someone they're married to. Yes. They can't say that to some, and you guys are figuring out how to do this. I said and that's the key. Or the other side of that is when someone does disclose, and this is, goes back to safety, when someone does disclose, like your daughter said, mm -hmm. you said this, it made me feel this way. The, the other side of that is we come at people and we go, sure. well, you shouldn't feel that way. 
Right. Well, then that piles more shame back on that. Right. And, and that's the key to, that's almost everything about couples counseling. When I do that, it's, I feel this way. And then the partner goes, well, you shouldn't because mm -hmm. I didn't mean it that way. Right. Well, that's not helpful. <laughs> mm -hmm. What the proper response to that is, I'm sorry you feel that way. Right. And I, I, I recognize, I understand that feeling. I've had that feeling too. Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I don't want you to feel that way. Right. What can I do to help you not feel that way? Mm -hmm. yeah. Rather than blaming the person, because the truth is, it's the shoe's going to be on the other foot one day. That's right. That other person's going to say something's going to make you feel a certain way, mm -hmm. and you don't want to hear them go, well, just get over it. Just stop it. Mm -hmm. Because that's not how feelings work. Right, right. <laughs> feelings come. And and the, the worst thing you can do is just to go, well, I shouldn't feel that way, so I'm just not going to say anything. Mm -hmm. Well, then I've just, I've just basically put it into a stack inside of my soul and it's going to just start stacking up and that's where you get explosions and blow-ups. That's where the incident happens, but really you got to go And it has nothing to do. It's something that was there. going yeah. on for years. Right. And so, you know, having that interaction of, and this, this is what I train people all the time, is I feel statements. Mm -hmm. I feel this way when this happens or when you said this, it, I felt this. Mm -hmm. And you just fill in those blanks and then... We have to train ourselves as people in those relationships to respond with, I hear you mm -hmm. and I understand how you feel. I don't want you to feel that way either. And not that I'm necessarily sorry for what I did because I may have done something completely innocent, but I'm sorry for the feeling that you had. Right. I empathize with that. And as someone who cares about you and loves you, I don't want you to feel that way either. So how can I come alongside of you rather than standing in front of you and blaming you for your feeling? Let me come alongside of you and let's figure out together how we can not make that happen anymore. Well, now we're actually in a relationship where there's love and compassion and all that going on. Which is good. Really good stuff. Yeah, so we hope you guys take this and have uh, one, help your help yourself. And maybe you're at a place where, as Jason said, all of this is too confusing and you need to get someone else's opinion. Maybe mm -hmm. you need to go to see a counselor uh, or sit down with one of our pastors and just have a conversation about, I don't know what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. I just don't like what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you need to, reach out to us, help at community-christian.net. We'll either be able to sit with you or help you find somebody who's able to do that. Uh, and then, as always, we want you to be talking to your kids about this uh, and try to help them develop those skills of going deeper into those emotions. So. Yeah. And we're here for questions or comments. Absolutely, so yeah. there's a link in the show notes, um, and you can send in those to us as well. We love hearing from you guys. So yes. send us your thoughts, your questions, and we will address them in a future episode. Thanks, you guys, for joining us. Thanks for being with us today. It was, no yeah, it was really helpful. And, yep. you know, we're so, I'll be back. All right. Well, you guys have a great day. Not we did it again. You have a good day. A good day. Not a great day. Yeah. Take you go. care. <laughs>